paper, any ornaments, and you think of family and you think of good food, you, you really think that Christmas is a really great thing. Christmas is a time that people love when they look at it head off. But when we look at Christmas from the back side, the back side of things normally doesn't look very nice, right? You know, the back side of uh, this table here isn't decorated as nicely as the front side. Sorry, Judy, I put the cat out of the bag on that one. <laughs> but when we look at it from the front side, it is. It looks really nice. When we look at it on the back side, our mind changes. Although it's the same table, with the same presentation, our idea of it changes. So, this is a fair warning. When we look at Christmas from the backside, I might offend a few of you. I'm starting to wonder if maybe that's why Pastor Kurt gave me this message. Let the nerd new person offend them. But, I do apologize if I bring any offense to you over the next couple of minutes. As we look at Christmas and the story of how it all started, from a little bit different angle. You see, when we look at Christmas from a different angle and from the back side of it, Christmas actually started with a scandal. A scandal. It started with a scandal. We read this morning, well, you do read this morning, our message, our scripture message for today. Normally, on the first Sunday in Advent, you probably haven't looked at Genesis 3. That's not normally where we think the Christmas story starts. However, that is exactly where the Christmas story starts. Sometimes we think the scandal of Christmas is that in today's world, Christmas seems to be about busyness and Santa Claus. However, that's not the scandal. Sometimes we think maybe the scandal is that Mary was an unwed teenage mother Again, a scandal, but not the scandal that we're going to talk about. It could be the scandal of Joseph, who stayed with Mary, despite what others said. All of those are scandals, but it's not where it all started. It all started in that original scandal. The original scandal of Genesis 3. That's where it started. And it didn't just stop there. That scandal has been going on since the very beginning. And it's a scandal that each of us is a part of. That's because that scandal in Genesis 3 is a scandal of sin. Our need for the Christmas story, our need for the birth of a Savior, started in that very first sin. And when we don't look at the Christmas story from this angle, we miss the full impact that Christmas really has on our lives. When we miss the scandal of sin and how it impacts our lives, we miss our own need for our Savior. How many of you, I'm sure you've seen these Advent candles up here time and time again, you can't miss them. They're very large. There are three purple ones and a pink one, and then you have the big white one in the middle. But does anybody know why there are three purple ones in there? There are three purple candles. They are the three, first three candles that we light, because purple means repentance. 
During Advent, we are to be in a season of repentance. We're to be in a season of remembering that we need to be forgiven. And then we like the pink one, which signifies joy, because we are to be moving from a posture of repentance to joyful anticipation for the birth of a Savior. Many times, though, as we go through the Christmas season, we forget how desperately we need our Savior. An arrival at Christmas time that we feel undeserving of, unworthy of, and maybe even a little unprepared to face. However, if we don't remember that we need him, that we need his birth, his life, his death, and his resurrection, to have any hope in this world. We lit the hope candle this morning because of that. Yes, we need to repent, and we need to be in a season of repentance. But we have hope because of the birth of Jesus Christ. The scandal that we continue today is that we don't face Christmas much different than Adam and Eve did. We don't face it any different because we forget, as we all often do. In the scripture reading this morning, we learned and we heard that Adam and Eve were in this beautiful place. They were in the garden. They had everything they ever needed. Everything was filled with God's glory. And God gave them one simple rule. Just one. They could eat from any tree in the garden. They had everything that they needed. But they could not eat from this one tree. And Adam and Eve did what most of us do. Unless I'm the only one in here. <laughs> they then, when left by themselves, started to question things. They questioned things because Satan creeped in, and he's quite the sneaky fellow. But he came in and he questioned Eve. Well, Eve, are you sure that's really what God meant? You know, you could be a better person if you ate from the tree. So Eve thought and questioned because she's again left to her own devices. And Eve started to think, hmm, maybe I could be better. And she went and ate from the tree because she was searching to be a better person. Consequently, then she gave a piece of that same fruit to her husband. And if she's going to be better, I'm going to be better too. And that is when the scandal occurred. They, they ate from the tree because they were seeking to be better. And all of a sudden, they were no longer content with what God had provided them with. They were no longer content with themselves. They hid from God. They went from being in His glory to hiding. They went from being in His glory to ignoring His voice. So, Adam and Eve, back in Genesis 3, ignored God, ate from the tree, and then continued to ignore him because they were not happy with themselves. So why in the world is that when we are a part of the scandal? How does that make me and you a part of the scandal? Well, let's see. Um, I'm, not a, I, I'm not a drug addict. 
and I haven't stolen anything, not on purpose, and I come to church every week, so how am I a part of the scandal? I haven't made any major mistakes, so how am I a part of the scandal? This is where the scandal today continues, because we hate to admit that we're sinners. We hate to admit that we continue and haven't learned from their mistakes. But maybe you're not thinking of, of, of sin in the way that you know those major things are. How many of you got into your closet this morning and then stood there? Lots of options of things to wear. I am guilty of this. Lots of options of things to wear, yet you felt like you had nothing to wear, or at least nothing that you wanted to put on this morning. You weren't content with what God had provided you. Or how many of you thought about all the things you wanted to put on your Christmas list as soon as you heard the word Christmas? Or maybe you were thinking, oh no, it's started. I've got so much to do. Or maybe you're a person who doesn't necessarily think happy thoughts when they think of the word Christmas, because it's not a joyous time. It seems to be a time that nobody's happy and everybody's chaotic. That's the part that makes the scandal of Christmas that much worse today. is because we don't deal with it any better than Adam and Eve did. We do the same things today that Adam and Eve did so many years ago. They hid from God and they felt unprepared for what was going to come next. After they ate from the tree, they hid. They didn't know what God was going to do. They ignored God's voice when God called for them. The problem with us today is that many times we often think that only the crude ways people hide from God are the bad ones. We all know, or maybe are someone who has hid from God in different ways, whether it be through alcohol, or gambling, or pornography. The reality is, that those ways of hiding from God are just as scandalous as feeling as though we are prideful for our own empowerment and disparaging ourselves. We have all been made in the image of God. Amen? We have all been made for a special purpose. When we feel we are not good enough or unprepared for what He has called us to, we are hiding from God. And we do that, if we do this, we do not pause and realize that the Christmas, the birth of our Lord and Savior, happened because we are all sinners. And we miss out on the best gifts ever when we do this, that ultimate gift. You see, if we put Christmas into a little box of this world, what we do is we miss out on seeing God's grace, how it's been in our life, and how it will continue to be at work in our own lives. God didn't give up on Adam and Eve, and he won't give up on us either. But the saddest part about this for me is not that I do this as an individual, or any of us do this as an individual, but at times we even do this as a church. As a church, we put Jesus and the birth of our Lord and Savior into this box. 
We want to hoard it for ourselves and celebrate for ourselves. And you know what that does? It makes the people that are outside of the walls of this church believe what they believe about us. Statistics tell us that those who are not inside the walls of this church, those who are not here with us this morning at Trinity, who are not a part of another church home, they think that we're overjudgmental and inauthentic. That means they think that we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, and yet we don't act like Him. We carry Him around in a box, afraid to share it with a stranger. We carry it around in a box, because it's nice and pretty and make us feel like we can judge others. And we can judge others because we're looking at the nice pretty box and not looking at ourselves. We are called to act like Christ. We're called to be a body of Christ. This is a season to be the body. If we don't, we ignore God's voice. If we don't, we wrap up this gift that we know, this hope that we have, and make it impossible for others to see it. So I'm going to give you a challenge. Today on your way out, there are the little flyers that we got last week that say the ultimate gift. If you didn't get one on your way in, take one on your way out. And I challenge you to gift it to someone. It is just a piece of paper. <clears throat> But it's a piece of paper that could be really powerful. Imagine if that piece of paper changed a co-worker's life. Imagine if that piece of paper changed the life of your waitress or waiter today at lunch. It is a piece of paper, but it's a way to invite. It's a way to show hospitality the same way God showed it to you. Yes, we are all sinners, each one of us. Me, you, we are all sinners. We are all responsible for the scandal of Christmas. A scandal, though, that carries a message of hope. A scandal that on Christmas was met with the love and the mercy and the grace of God. This is an amazing gift. The ultimate gift. None of us is worthy. And most of us take it for granted. I stood in my closet this morning wondering what to wear. Not happy with anything that was there. We are all sinners. We all have hope, though, that our sin has been forgiven. So during this season of Advent, let's be in a season of repentance. Let's be in a season of joyful anticipation. Let us make sure that we wrap up who we were and open up Jesus' life to the world around us. Not a single one of us is truly prepared for what comes next when, when Jesus will return. So we should always be putting our best foot forward. All of us need the gift of Jesus Christ. So let's make sure that we don't hoard it for ourselves or carry it around on a pedestal, judging others. Let us be, from here on, a movement. A movement that is Jesus' body at work in the world. Amen? Let us pray. Father God, we thank you again for this morning. 
we thank you that, that you sent your son, Jesus Christ. You sent him to earth because we are no different than Adam and Eve. We seek better. We want to be better and many times forget that you know best. You know best, so you sent us that ultimate gift. A gift that we love and we cherish. And Lord, help us to remember that although we love and cherish this gift, it is not just for us. You sent Jesus Christ so long ago, and I am thankful that even though I am not present when he was, someone shared that gift with me. Lord, allow us to be a church who shares you, who shows your love, who shares your light. Help us to invite those who are seeking you and don't even know it. Give us the courage to do so. Give us the words and empower us by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.